0: Hello and welcome to another Scotland's Choice podcast, Westminster Roundup, with me, Drew Hendry, MP,
1: and with me, Brendan O'Hara, MP. Today's subjects, while well, there are so many to choose from, but we have gone for small boats, the Gary Lineker saga and the BBC, the appalling attack on one of our disabled members uh, from the press. We couldn't let today go without talking about the budget. And let's talk about independence
0: and swimming pools. That sounds like a packed programme. And uh, let's find out who we've got on the podcast today, starting with...
2: Alison Thoulis, Member of Parliament for Glasgow Central.
3: And Richard Thompson, Member of Parliament for Gordon.
0: So we've got um, a big debate that, that's happened this week um, as a result of the illegal uh, migration bill, as it's called. The I like to call it the illegal illegal Migration Bill, as it's called. And it's called. Alison, you were fronting that up for the SMP today, and any, I'd recommend anybody goes to look at your speech. It was, uh, you know, by all standards, it was very, very telling. Quite magnificent. Uh, and quite magnif- magnificent, and managed to be both cuttingly critical and deeply humane at the same time. But what? tell us about some of the key themes that you had to deal with. Yeah, I mean, this
2: whole bill is just absolutely... Appalling. Um, you're talking about the people that have have fled from, from war, from persecution. People who have um, women who have fled to save their daughters from uh, female genital mutilation. Children, uh, all kinds of people are going to be wrapped up uh, in, and affected by this bill. So you you flee you flee from these circumstances. You manage to get yourself uh to Britain and most people come here, I should say, because they've got some kind of family tie or they speak English or they you know perhaps they were part of of the mm, empire yeah. uh, more widely. Mm. Um, so they arrive here and basically they have no rights. Mm-hmm. They will be detained, they will be uh, not given access uh, to f- proper legal support that are very limited. Well, but one appeal the and then they yeah. will be removed.
0: One of the most despicable parts of it is this uh, human slavery. yeah. Uh, you know, exemption that they brought in. Can you just, for people who might not have picked up yeah. on this, can you just explain what that is?
2: So, for example, if you were uh,
0: a woman who has been
2: trafficked to the UK as part of a gang who want to have you there for sexual uh, exploitation, so uh, you're being kept by this gang, um, forced to uh, be raped by multiple men uh, per day. Under these uh, proposals being brought forward, that woman, if she were to escape Mm -hmm. from that premises and go to the police and say, this has happened to me, what will happen is the Home Office will get involved and will detain her and remove her. So, so they won't.
0: They won't insist. They won't give her any protections at all. Yeah, just,
2: so she will not be entitled yeah. to the protection. And, and this prime minister was very yeah. explicit about that, saying that, and on tweets as if this was some kind of yeah. like good thing.
1: Something to be proud Something of. Something to be proud of. That's absolutely appalling. It?
2: And I, yeah. I know from um, speaking to Tara in Glasgow, mm-hmm. who do some of this stuff, and yeah. I've dealt with constituents who have been through that 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 awful process. Mm-hmm. That having that support after you've been through such horrific trauma. Is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. If you want to be able to have any kind of semblance of rebuilding your life, you but, need yeah. to have access to that support, and that won't be available to you now.
0: Before we come to, I want to talk further with you about the um, the, the small boats policy mm-hmm. and all the rest of it, and why it's happening. But before we come to that, this sends a terrible signal, not only in terms of human rights for people, but but also correct me if I'm wrong. It basically gives these criminal gangs. Mm-hmm an out, it actually yep. helps them doesn't yeah. it? Yeah,
2: I mean those those criminal gangs will now use that as a means of controlling mm. uh, the people mm. that they have trafficked to this country, yeah. they will mm-hmm. be saying I'm very good, you can escape but you'll not get any support
1: yeah. and, and they saying.
2: will hold it over mm. people
1: Well what do you think of the, the, the argument Alison that, that says that this is such a bad bill, and this is such an appalling piece of legislation that they know it won't actually ever be implemented and it's simply there as a sort of throwing red meat to the base ahead yeah. of the lo- English local elections. It's that horrible, it's that cynical.
2: I mean, it's it's unworkable as a bill. Yeah. Um, I and mean, the, the things in it are just not practical and they won't do what they're setting out to do, which is trying to reduce the But do you of the think they process. know that? They can't not know. They probably do. They probably do. But what's been very telling about this, particularly in the, around the trafficking stuff, uh, is the criticism that has come from the likes of Theresa May, and she was not my, my favourite Home Secretary of <laughs> Home Secretaries. Uh, we did not go no, on things. No. Um, but she brought in this legislation and yeah. it was it was relatively good legislation. This is, this is the modern, modern slavery, slavery yeah. stuff, yeah. It was good legislation. Sorry, I said human people. slave. Modern is what I meant. Uh, yeah. and, and she has been very scathing of the government on this. And when mm. you hear there was a, a question, a Prime Minister's question from Jess Phillips, to Rishi Sunak on this asking because she's got a background in uh, supporting women who've been Mm -hmm. uh, abused through various processes Mm -hmm. and she asked this question to Rishi Sunak and Rishi Sunak gave some stupid pat answer to it and you could see Theresa May losing her head Mm -hmm. (laughs) up behind him she was going nuts about it Mm -hmm. and you go Theresa May is suddenly the voice of reason the woman that brought us the hostile environment but, it's wild it's crazy. Is it, but I was going to say that it, isn't it
1: astonishing that in such a short space of time that the political centre of gravity in mm-hmm. in England mm-hmm. in Westminster has moved so far to the right that suddenly Theresa May is the, the doyen of, of liberalism the go, the go home van <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's insane you could never have predicted it would move so fast so yeah. so fast so quickly and
0: no, no, so far Now I called it the illegal illegal migration Mm -hmm. uh, bill explain why that would be uh, correct Uh,
2: because on the front piece of the on the front piece of any bit of legislation it describes if it complies with uh, our European Convention on Human Rights um, obligations and the Home Secretary on the front piece of this bill says that it, it can't. <laughs>
0: that, exactly. you know, she
2: can't confidently say that it does um, and it's been described as being maybe 50-50 which mm-hmm. you know maybe it does maybe it doesn't which is R- ridiculous. R- and
0: Richard this isn't the first thing we've seen the Tories just blatantly against uh, dispensing with, uh, with international law, is it? No, of
3: course not, I mean, we, <coughs> we saw it over Brexit as, as well, but I think, you know, Brendan's we're, we're on to something there, that the, the the Overton window, if you like, mm-hmm. with politics has moved so far to the right, and it's not a case of the Tories wanting to create something that is particularly unpleasant, it's that they don't actually know whether or not mm-hmm. this will be able to go ahead, mm-hmm. but actually, they maybe don't care, because it gives them another opportunity to print pictures of, yep. the Daily Mail, to print pictures mm-hmm. of judges calling them uh-huh. activists, Woke yep. lefty mm-hmm. judges yep. and enemies of the people and all the rest of it, and that's a really toxic pool yeah. that we're going to be yeah. swimming in. Yeah. At the well, we're going to talk
0: about swimming pools, <laughs> later.
3: But, in it, yeah. but I think what it, to, to be serious about this in terms of the, in terms of this, are not actually interested in outcomes. They mm-hmm. certainly don't care mm-hmm. about the. The, the, the people who are coming, seeking sanctuary yeah. in, in, in this jurisdiction. All, really, all they seem to care about is having a, a Gordon Brown-style mm-hmm. dividing line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the ability to fight the culture war battles off the back of
1: that. Do, do you remember, uh, maybe slightly before for your time, Richard, but Alison and Drew, maybe I remember, the first time sitting in the chamber when some right-wing nutcase on the Tory back benches used the, fa- the phrase lefty lawyers and everyone went oh my god imagine using language like lefty lawyers and <laughs> in, in the chamber of the house of commons mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then today mm-hmm. or last mm-hmm. last monday mm-hmm. we had the prime minister yep. talking about using the phrase yeah. lefty lawyers yep. and and about that whole dial shift again i'm mm-hmm. talking about yes. that things have gone so mm-hmm. far to the right so fast yeah. it, it's actually quite scary it is indeed
0: it, just for our listeners I, I mean why this is a important to talk about is, is about people who are coming here who have a right to flee persecution, they have a right to, uh, to, to get away from uh, war and conflict and so forth. What What is a safe route and is the UK supplied one? So there's a lot of talk about
2: safe and legal routes and the government will say, ah yes there's safe and legal r- routes for people from Ukraine, from Hong Kong um, and from Afghanistan, mm-hmm. which are the main kind of three of these. Um, There is a reason why there are no Ukrainians in small boats coming over the channel. Mm -hmm. Because they can get on a plane and they can come to the UK and they will be safe here. Mm -hmm. And there is an accepted process for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, For people in Afghanistan, uh, the people that have come in the the new scheme that the government keeps lauding, that total
0: number of people that have come is 22. There's a lot of British council workers. By British council, Mm -hmm. what I mean is people who went out there and worked with the UK government and with the British army in Afghanistan. There's interpreters, there's all kinds Kings of support, back yeah. office work and everything else like that, who are still stuck out there at their peril, yes. um, in 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 literally a, in uh, in a life threatening situation, yeah. who haven't been able to get across, so they're not getting that safe no. route. You you've just given the example of the Ukrainian scheme, which we know took ages to get off the ground. Uh, when it did, fine, it's working relatively well. But as far as everyone yeah. else is concerned. It's just barrier after barrier. And, and the, apart from Ukrainians, there seems to be no legal safe route that I can see. And yeah. certainly Suala Braverman wasn't able no. to describe and,
2: it. And when routes have existed, um, so I understand from a firm of lawyers in Glasgow um, that they had been working with a group of people from El Salvador. Um, and there had been a visa waiver which would allow them to come here um, and allow them to seek sanctuary here. Mm-hmm. And the government got rid of that. Mm-hmm. they closed the scheme and then people just can't yeah. go there so there's all kinds of issues around that but of the when Ukraine when uh, Afghanistan was falling apart I had 80 families in my constituency in touch mm-hmm. to say that they had relatives in Afghanistan mm-hmm. and could I help them get mm-hmm. out and yeah. I dutifully sent all that information over to the Home Office mm-hmm. and I am only aware of two families mm-hmm. of Goodness. that 80 yeah. that got to Scotland. That's
1: a is absolutely remarkable isn't it? Mm-hmm. it but I mean it, it notwithstanding small boats, it's been a quite quite the week for mm-hmm. uh, the the Gary Lineker affair, which we can come on to in a moment. But today, um, and literally in the last couple of hours, the the Chancellor has just sat down and the budget he delivered well,
0: Richard. He he, he did he just for kept Captain Richard. I think it was it was the former Chancellor who was the Prime Minister that uh, is standing at the the dispatch box just before him today and i think we should mention stephen flynn um just before we get into that and his question Can you oh you the swimming to... pool because <laughs> uh, we did promise we'd talk about swimming pools
1: yeah i mean yeah. It, it was uh it, it was a very clever question that uh that, that stephen posed and if i haven't seen it it's, it's worth going on to parliament tv or it's all over twitter that Tony was talking about the uh This ridiculous story where... This is the
0: adjustment of the national grid. The Prime Minister's local
1: power station or grid or whatever had to be reconfigured to allow him to heat his private swimming pool at a time when people are literally freezing. Yes, You know, it's minus 13 in parts of Scotland at the moment and the Prime Minister is... Heating his private swimming pool and Stephen asked very cleverly was he in his swimming pool when he decided (laughs) that he would, you know, freeze the the, the payment and deciding to freeze a payment at the expense of freezing people. That was very clever. Aye, well, you
3: know, clearly the Prime Minister was in the shallow end at that point. <laughs> but no, it, it, it is utterly bizarre that, uh, you know, at the time people are worried about how they're going to pay to heat their homes, uh, the Prime Minister's uh, paying to get his local substation up upgraded for, for this. So, no, it was a very sharp uh, question and they, they didn't like it, mm-hmm. which means that we, we did. But, uh, no, I mean, the, the budget today, I think, was uh, remarkable for a few reasons, but mostly again for what it didn't do. I mean if you we 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 were the, I mean, the SNP were calling for the energy support scheme to continue, for the energy price cap to be reduced. And uh, all we've got is the the same scheme rolling on. So uh, if you were waking up this morning worried mm-hmm. about how you were going to pay your energy bills, mm-hmm. you're still going to be in that uh, yeah. situation today. So there's Stuart Hosey was leading for the SNP today, and and I think he um,
0: was talking about the budget, uh, or rather talk about what the Chancellor wasn't saying in the budget. But actually, it's all the way through the uh, Office of Budget Responsibility report in there just now. He was talking about the. Uh, the growth being the weakest in the G7 that, uh, you know, we still haven't re- uh, the only G7 country actually not to return um, to pan- pre-pandemic levels debt interest payments this, this is p- something people might hear but not appreciate, debt interest payments alone going from 40 to 50 to 60 billion pounds and all that money coming out uh, of what you could be spending on others just because of the way they've handled uh, the economy it, it's several years of low growth coming forward, both the TUC and the CBI agreeing with it. So, what, what were you what, when you were listening to Stuart, what were the key points that you thought there were, uh, that were coming through from that?
2: I, I just the the kind of lack of understanding from the government mm. of the problems that people are facing. Yeah. I think is is the main thing here as well because they're they're just so far away. Um, you know, swimming pools and all from actually understanding the stuff around benefit sanctions and the stuff around, I. Uh, making things more difficult for uh, for people. And I think anything that the government does at this stage neglects to tackle the actual real problems that people are facing. Yeah. Um, and the OBR had, had figures out saying that living standards are expected to fall by 6% this year and next year. Mm-hmm. They'd, they'd anticipated 7%, so they're, they're like, well, it's not as bad as the 7%, it's only 6%, but it's still the worst uh, uh, two-year fall on record. Mm-hmm um for living standards yeah mm-hmm. and and i think that
1: what what we saw today was was a performance by the chancellor and it was all spin yeah. and it was all smoke and mirrors and put on a happy smile and try and just
0: mm-hmm. you know and wave your order papers yeah, around and tell you.
1: everyone that everything's going to be fine but i mean if you look at it you know investment is going to be negative productivity is absolutely appalling mm-hmm. and and has been for years it has mm-hmm. been for years and and exports exports yeah. are are off a cliff.
3: Yeah, uh, and I mean growth is anemic. We've gotten in the UK from being one of the the strongest economies in the G seven to being one of the, the weakest, and there's nothing in this budget that's going to shift the dial on that whatsoever. But to uh, just putting my trade hat on for a minute, one of the things that uh, only slipped out after the chancellor had sat down was uh, the 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 news that uh, actually duty. On whiskey is going to go up by 10.1%. Mm, thank you. Now, thank you as an MP for Argyll
1: and Butte. You have no idea <laughs> the impact that that is going to have. Thank you for raising that because I was jumping up and down, una- obviously unable to intervene in the Chancellor.
0: Because you're not, we should uh, remind you, listeners, during the Chancellor's speech, you're not allowed to intervene. So.
1: And it was the way that he slipped it in, having told the world he said you uh, buy a pint for a pint of beer and save the pubs. He then whacked the Scotch whisky industry. Absolutely hammered them. Mm. Oh yes, thank no, you for. And me. as no, you no, said, no, that right. wasn't an announcement
0: mm. he made. Yeah. That just it was just, out. It yeah. just slid yeah. under the radar. Yeah. It
2: so just, always just, the case with the Red Book stuff. You have to look for the detail in it. Yeah. Yeah. They hide all the mm-hmm. things in there. They, they don't want to say. But I
3: think this is particularly pernicious. Not only did yeah. it slide under the radar, but also domestic taxation. Uh, the d- domestic taxation, whether we like it or not, sets the keynote for how that mar- that product yeah. is perceived in mm-hmm. other country jurisdictions yeah. and the taxes that then get put on it. So mm-hmm. if you want to argue for lower taxes, lower tariffs on that premium Scottish mm-hmm. product in international markets, we've just lost the clout through Brexit mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the European Union negotiating yeah. on our behalf. But if you're a British trade negotiator going out now trying mm-hmm. to open up new markets, particularly in Southeast Asia, where there's a you know a huge potential growth there, uh, you've just now, found that that job has become a considerably harder because yeah. of the, 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 the Chancellor's decision today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then this idea
1: that perhaps some in the, the Scotch whisky industry have that the Conservatives are their friends, mm-hmm. they lobbied like nothing, nothing to try and get this duty freeze maintained. Mm-hmm. And not only were they ignored, they were absolutely clobbered. And so this is a real attack, and it will have a knock-on effect into my constituency and many other of, of, my, my, of our constituencies. City. But yeah, yours. I'm just just
3: dipping back into the memory banks, sir Brendan. I can't think of a worse announcement for the mm. Scotch whisky yep. industry since Norman Lamont was a chancellor. Remember him, and he put fifty <laughs> pence on a bottle. And it only lasted until the next uh, Mm -hmm. budget, where he he took the duty down by 49 pence on a bottle. That's how long it lasted, because you could see the deleterious impact that it it went on to have. I I,
0: I think that's one thing. Alison was right uh, when she was talking earlier about the impact on people. Um, And what we've seen is, again, you know, the... uh, you have know, the energy, um, average energy costs being pegged at two thousand five hundred pounds, when it's doesn't relate to what's happening in Scotland. And Tories, you know, saying, "Oh, it's you know, it's been really mild recently." <laughs> I have no idea yeah. of the weather in in Scotland. You know, we've seen minus ten and minus mm-hmm. eight uh, figures across Scotland, and, and this budget just hasn't really uh, done anything for. Ordinary people at all. No, I think uh, that's.
3: I think that's right, Drew. Mm-hmm. And the thing yeah. that people forget is that when they talk about an energy price cap, it's only the price mm-hmm. of an individual unit that is yeah. capped. It's not capped in terms in of terms the number of units yeah, you use. Course. Which, of course, mm-hmm. if you live in mm-hmm. Scotland and yeah. you know I represent the North it's a bit chilly up there mm-hmm. in the winter mm-hmm. at times. You're going to end up paying a lot more on but, that. But. I mean, there's the other bits in this. I mean, we went into this budget calling for your know, action on pensions. Yeah, we wanted the triple lock uh, reinstated. That's not there. We wanted a postponement to raising the retirement age to sixty-eight. Mm-hmm. That's not there at all. And something I raised the prime minister's questions last week uh, was about the uh, the gender pension gap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the poly statistic that a woman in the workplace to the age 25 uh, mm-hmm. could expect to retire with a pension pot £100,000 lighter than her male equivalent now mm-hmm. maybe there are some things around about the childcare announcement that will help to shift the dial a little bit around that but frankly there was nothing mm-hmm. there that I saw that was game changing in terms of no, how you rebalance yeah. care responsibilities mm-hmm. roles in society flexible <laughs> yeah. working there was none of that there well,
0: well two two things before we leave the budget because we, we do have other things we, we need to cover here but the, one one of the most striking things was on, and I think that being a North East MP, this will uh, chime with you particularly, was the fact that there was no announcement for Acorn, ACOR, uh, the carbon capture and storage mm-hmm. um, project in, in the North East, which has been abandoned twice after being promised it was going to get investment uh, by the Tories. Um, that, that's extremely important in terms of climate change ambitions. Okay. And we're still in a climate change emergency. I know everybody doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, in Westminster likes to try and ignore the fact and move on from that. And and yet here we have something that's ready to go and it's been abandoned. or Certainly, you'd have been pushed into the long grass by this uh,
3: this statement today. Well, yeah, I mean, that was what everybody was waiting for today in the North East was, (coughs) will ACORN get the go ahead as part of this? And it hasn't. Now, of course, uh, if we go back to to 2014, which was uh, was about a generation ago, (laughs) I think I can say, um... It was promised then that if Scotland voted no to independence, then you know the ACORN mm-hmm. project would yeah. get funding. The carbon mm-hmm. capture at Peterhead would get funding, and you know, a generation on, we're still waiting for mm-hmm. it. So we've got instead we've got this ludicrous reclassification of nuclear power as being environmentally friendly, despite the yes. lifetime cost, despite the it's lifetime impact yep. of, yeah. of of this, which will hoover up investment. There's the animal farm
0: investment. around it, well, not it? Well, yeah, yeah.
3: Exactly. <laughs> and, what we don't have in terms of one of the things the Chancellor was uh, putting that you know, up in red lights was his concept of investment zones mm-hmm. now one investment zone that he could have gone for was the north of Scotland mm-hmm. because not just the yeah. SNP was calling for this the Aberdeen and Grampian Chamber of Commerce was also calling yeah. for this yeah. was for the UK government to match pound for pound the Scottish government's commitment to mm-hmm. the half billion pound energy transition fund for Murray, Aberdeenshire Aberdeen City and Angus so he didn't do anything there at all. So we've got some vague talk mm-hmm. of investment zones but with sums of money that do not even mm-hmm. come close to the half billion pounds mm-hmm. there. So I, again, I think there was a number of opportunities missed and in terms of the climate crisis, energy security, investing in something mm-hmm. that's ready to go, there's another open yeah. goal that's been completely and utterly missed. But, but, Brent, but there, 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 there was one thing. That there, we, was one there was one moment
1: of levity yeah. when the Chancellor decided to announce to the world that independence is always better than dependence. <laughs> and he got a big cheer from And he me. got a massive <laughs> cheer from us. But it just goes to show who read this speech. Yes. At what point did, did he or one of his fans not say, actually boss, that might not go down a storm. Well, because one of the <laughs> things I've heard
3: yeah. in advance of the speech was obviously the Silicon Valley Bank <laughs> has just collapsed in the last few days. Yeah. Um, I'm given to understand there were quite a few uh, references in the Chancellor's speech to Silicon Valley As a kind of shining city on a hill (laughs) rather than a failing Mm bank. And so they had to be hastily found in the speech and expunged. Yeah, Uh,
0: Yeah, and also one of the other uh, moments of levity was when uh, when the Chancellor himself mentioned support for swimming pools, just coming (laughs) hard on the heels of Stephen Flynn's question about uh, the Prime Minister's swimming pool and getting back. And you do
1: wonder how accidental that was, don't you? Exactly.
0: (laughs) So
3: you do wonder. Not very.
0: So, So, I mean, basically, a lot. Of the stuff that the Tories are doing just now is for distraction. Um, it's, it's really to kind of throw people off and we've talked about the small boats and the red meat kind of approach. Gary Lineker got to the centre of that um, issue uh, last week um, and has carried on it this week um, with it. Has that been a distraction from the issue of the small boats or has it been a helpful intervention Alison?
2: It has been a slight
0: distraction because mm-hmm. it came. It became about much of the day. It yeah. became about
2: um, what TV presenters mm-hmm. can or can't say and what other TV presenters mm-hmm. have and haven't said mm-hmm. over the piece. Um, but you know, to his credit, uh, you know Gary Lineker and the statement he made. Following the conclusion of all of this, yeah. you know, reminded everybody, no, this isn't about me. This is about the refugees, mm-hmm. and this is between what. That right. was
0: a, that was the important thing about the chain that he yeah. put in. Is. in, and in the and you know,
2: yeah. he's he's been very good on this. Mm-hmm. He has hosted uh, refugees yeah. in his home. He has he has done mm-hmm. his bit mm-hmm. um, and has a right to speak out on this. Yeah. and I think it's important that uh, that he is permitted to. And it's very telling, and I think I'm pretty sure if he'd voted, he if he'd come out or somebody else had come out mm-hmm. as a as a a sports presenter say uh, to come and say that uh, this legislation is a great idea you would bet the Tories would be delighted absolutely. about it they wouldn't have been criticized about absolutely. that absolutely. but I, we're now in the scenario where you know if you you want to chair the BBC you can give the Tories as much money as you like yeah, yeah. if you want to work <coughs> there and oppose the government uh, you're up for criticism yeah absolutely
1: and I think you're right I think we give Gary Lineker enormous credit yeah he does things he doesn't have to do
2: mm-hmm. and
1: he says things that he doesn't have to say and he knows yep. he's going to put himself in the firing line but he does it mm-hmm. and I have the utmost respect for him, I think it's absolutely brilliant and and the way yeah, I, I, I agree that you know he could be seen as a distraction but I think that he probably brought an audience to this issue mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. otherwise yep. would not have been aware or or, or or looked at it and what I think he did as well, I think it, he got the Labour Party who well, courageously jumped off the fence once he realised which way the public wind was blowing um, yeah. and you know Keir Starmer went on six questions yeah. basically around
0: the, the the issue today
2: yeah because yeah. Vancouver had previously said oh, it's a matter for the BBC and he shouldn't have said those things uh-huh. which is a
0: yeah, la- the Labour Party have been all over the place on this, haven't they? Yeah. Well, surprise, yeah. surprise. Gary definitely outplayed them, that's
2: for sure. That's a,
0: that's a trouble where you're trying to go with the wind. It's, yeah. it but it's, it's in a surprise in
3: some of the defining issues that mm. we've seen over mm. the last few months or even years, it's actually been former football players that yes. the ones that have galvanised it, yep. like Marcus mm. Rashford, yep. Gary Lindbergh. You know, they're the ones that really seem to have struck home with a public chord, or struck a chord with the public rather, in a way that Keir Stammer just hasn't. I think it's Indicative, just mm-hmm. those comments you're mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Yvette Cooper. Yeah. We've got a Labour Party that's utterly frightened of its own yeah. shadow right now. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. really know what it's there for. But yeah. yeah. well, just
0: on the subject of language and the press, uh, if we segue from BBC, we had we had an unsavoury incident in the oh, Parliament this week, Brendan. Yeah, it was an awful incident, and I, like I,
1: I and Alison was was very much in, at the centre of it. And I I was in my usual position at the the end of the bench in the the Chief Whip's seat when a Tory MP made a rather ridiculous and, and completely nonsensical accusation about Scotland, Scottish Government, Scottish Councils and their position with refugees. And understandably, our, f- our benches all stood up to intervene. And, mm-hmm. and there's a guy, I'm not, I won't even name him, so I, don't want, I don't want to direct people to the article, but he works for a very, very prestigious London-based broadsheet. And he does. he's a sketch writer, And he made a particularly awful insinuation about uh, our colleague, Amy Callahan, Mm -hmm. who has been through more in her young life health-wise than many of us who are several decades older will ever go through in our lives. And she is on a road to recovery. She is a a credit to herself and an inspiration to millions of others Mm -hmm who can see how you can recover from yeah, these, that this, 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 this sort of uh, illness and that stroke that she had and this creature took it upon himself to belittle her mm-hmm. in a way uh, which and and it was it was horrible it mm-hmm. was absolutely yeah. horrible and we haven't heard the last of it so and we're it, raising it formally
0: yeah and, and that's one of the 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 problems when you get this kind of bare pit of inflammatory language that, that is now you know the Westminster that we inhabit here when you get all of that red meat uh, that's coming from the Tories I mean there isn't there isn't a week that goes by without you know something being said that kind of shocks Mm -hmm. now and and is is it a problem that we're almost that we and the general public are almost at the point where they're in danger of being desensitized to all this Mm -hmm. kind of thing Uh, is it important to keep highlighting when they're doing this? I, mean, I think the language is, is
2: increasingly toxic um and that is a problem for yeah. public life it affects you know people's willingness to speak out on things it affects people's willing willingness to participate in things it affects perceptions of politics I mean politics is you know rude men in suits shouting at one another it's not yeah. something that people want to get involved with and that Sets back you know, the cause of democracy mm-hmm. yeah. more widely, and it normalises that kind of behaviour mm-hmm. as well. And it's it's easy to get kind of get caught up in all of this stuff when it's happening in the house, and we're all mm-hmm. kind of you know very passionate about issues, and we all yell at each other, and, mm-hmm. it, and it's pretty unedifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does have that wider impact. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. but it it doesn't reflect
3: particularly well. No, no I, d- I don't think so. I mean, the individual in question, I won't name him either, but, you know, he's got a sort of long and not particularly yeah. distinguished reputation for being just a bit of a toad, frankly. <laughs> and, you know, his comments about Amy were just outrageous and despicable frankly but no i i think there's always a danger that people get desensitized and some people have got a vested interest in getting you to turn off and, and turn away but you know there are lines that need to be drawn about what you don't go beyond and that was certainly something that went well beyond any line of decency that yeah. you might seek to seek to draw but it is <clears throat> it is quite just i mean going back to to gary lineker um it is, has been quite interesting and unedifying uh, to see all the free speech advocates <laughs> in the Conservative <laughs> benches uh, suddenly having a, a snowflakey meltdown because somebody yeah. has used their free speech <laughs> to say something <laughs> that Free they, speech,
2: but not like that. <laughs> yeah,
3: no, but not if I disagree with you. Uh, and, you know, to, to, be, to be honest, you know, Gary Lineker, he's not a BBC News presenter, he's not a current affairs presenter, he's an intelligent, articulate person with a platform, he uses it in his own time, in mm-hmm. his own way. I don't see what the problem is. Now, if you want to find mm-hmm. a problematic yeah. personality mm-hmm. from the past... Mm-hmm. Andrew Neil, who was uh, regularly <laughs> presenting political programmes and having uh, opinions uh, extracurricular, and you know, you, you should. It's not that you can't have opinions, so you can't be a presenter. But pick one, pick a side, and then stick on it. Well, can I say, uh, at the risk of being accused
1: of stopping free speech, <laughs> time has mm. caught up with us. Uh, the, the whole Gary Lineker BBC thing. We could talk for hours about mm-hmm. it, and probably will one day. Mm-hmm. But we've kind of run out of time, so just leaves me to say a massive thank you to our guests thank you Alison thank you Richard it's been a pleasure
0: and can I thank you for all for listening to Scotland's Choice you can find more episodes at of Scotland's Choice at Scotland's Choice. we'll see you next time